Welcome to Ice Cream Sunday. My name is Austin Buckner. Trevor Holder. And uh, yeah, uh, on uh, the intro to episode 13, it was brought to my attention that I just love to hear myself talk. And, uh, you know, every, every so. fucking two weeks we get together and uh, we talk and whatever comes up, comes up. And this is definitely one of those episodes. Uh, we talk about uh, Robert Kelly, um, the artist formerly known as R. Kelly. I, I know you said Robert Kelly. I know that's supposed to be R. Kelly. <laughs> I know you're For I know you're. some reason, I th- associate that with Robert Blake. <laughs> but uh, so we talk about R. Kelly and uh, him going to prison. We talk about Jizz Lane Maxwell um, and her going to prison. Uh, let's see. We talk a little bit about Bill Cosby and him not being in prison. A little uh, bit about the boys. Some PS2 action as well. A PS2 action. A lot about EJ Club World. Oh yeah. A lot about me being a, a angry little rap star in my youth. Um, gosh, what else? Uh, yeah, that's that's a lot. I mean, we talked about anything and everything. It was good. It was a good conversation. It, yeah, it, it, was, it was more of a it trying was, to find things to talk was about, nice but it was. To, to get back to an actual conversation after um, after uh, the, the threatened litigation, yeah, last week. So it was good to actually like kick back, you know, relax, and actually like have a conversation about current events that don't involve um, me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, but this was a good one. So sit back. Relax and enjoy more of what you're used to. Something close, something God. closer to. Uh, and I promise that after this intro, it is not just going to be an hour and four minute bleep. I'm sorry. I'm not. Fuck them. Honestly, it's not long enough, and it should have happened a lot sooner. Do you think he's going to live another 30 years, though? No. He's going to kill himself. Isn't he on Suicide Watch right now? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. Good. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Fuck that guy. For those who don't know what we're talking about, uh, R. Kelly is going to prison uh, for 30 years Mm -hmm. for uh, sex trafficking and racketeering. Racketeering? Racketeering? Did I say racketeering? Touring. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know words. Yeah. Um, God, that's been a long time coming. I mean, this guy practically... <laughs> the way you said that, this fucking guy. Yeah. I mean, the way he handled every accusation, too, it's, it's classic... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, he he gaslights others mm. and and, de- and deflects, so mm. he's still the victim. Mm-hmm. But he did that interview after what d- he got cleared, right? Um, uh, I don't remember the interview with um, O.J. Simpson's ex-wife. 
whoever it was. Or not, fuck, not O.J. Simpson. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. Oh, uh, Mike Simpson's ex-wife is <laughs> oh, dead. No, sorry, so... Mike. <laughs> Mike Tyson's. <Holy> shit. <laughs> Mike Tyson's ex-wife, the reporter, the Robin <laughs> Givens or whatever her fucking name is. Sorry. Sorry, Nicole. Sorry, Nicole. <laughs> My bad. Yikes. Ooh, time out. Real quick, I know we're going to talk about uh, Roe versus Wade uh, being overturned later, but did you see O.J. Simpson no. talk about abortion? Oh, my God, no. <laughs> he goes, I just, I think this is a, this, I'm paraphrasing, but he basically said, like, this is an awful day for women's rights. Uh, women should be able to choose what is done with their bodies. <laughs> and every comment was just like, did you give Nicole a choice when you stabbed her repeatedly many times? The the glove didn't fit though. The glove don't qu- fit. You must have quit. You we all quit. we all know he curled up his hands. So I'm like, come on. <laughs> Jesus. He got a bee sting. <laughs> He stepped on he stepped on a bee and his hands swole and he couldn't fit the gloves that day. Uh so yeah, um R. Kelly's now gonna be in a much smaller room with no closet. <laughs> Trapped in a much smaller closet. Uh, yeah. Um I, he's not gonna make it thirty years. How old is he now? He's gotta be in his fifties, right? Something like that. Like I I know he I just know he's not going to make it 30 years. He cannot handle How the pressure old of that. is R. Kelly? He is 55 years old. So yeah. he may, when he gets out, if he if he serves all 30 years, um, he will be older than Bill Cosby is now. Yeah, but Bill it Cosby people, is out. <laughs> Google was like, hey, seems like you're searching for uh, sexual predators. Uh let people me. people also search for R. Kelly and Usher for some reason. <laughs> um. So uh, you know, in, in not necessarily related news, but like, hey, someone else is going to jail. Um. I'm not. I'm gonna butcher this name. I don't really care. Gislaine Maxwell. I think it's Ghislaine, but it's way funnier to say Gislaine. <laughs> um. Yeah, she got. She got put in jail too for um So let me ask you a question. Are you upset that it's it's basically sex trafficking and uh Ghislaine only got twenty years and R. Kelly got thirty? I know that they're completely different cases, but um some of my uh fellow minority friends were upset that uh Ghislaine Gislaine got less time as a white woman than a black man so so here's the thing um i think the reason why r kelly got more than her was simply because they're trying to overcorrect yeah i i think morally it's not okay but what what i think they did was they basically used like him like to being with minors to make an example well, out of him kind of but like they used his previous case that, mm. that he got free from of like like de- the whole thing with minors and, and all that and oh when you're talking about he 
he didn't serve any time or he he beat that case. Are you talking about when there was a video mm-hmm. that showed R. Kelly allegedly peeing on like a 13 year old? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That was so, a long. I forgot all about that until right now. So so I think that's that's why he got more time is because the judge isn't an idiot. He's like, hey, man, we gave you an opportunity to stop fucking with kids. All you need to do is stop is not fucking, fucking with, with kids. kids. Um, so I think I think that's a big reason for it. Um, other than that, I I don't know. The thing is, R. Kelly didn't cooperate with authorities on putting someone away or testifying against somebody. He tried to play victim the entire time when he was clearly in the wrong. This- Maxwell, yeah. Maxwell um, cooperated with authorities and essentially threw Epstein under the bus. I mean, there's only so much. He's already dead. Right. I know. But I'm saying like she deflected a lot off of her by cooperating. Fair. I think I don't think it's a I don't think it is a racism thing per se i think if you're going to be upset about anything what you should be upset about is the fact that Ghislaine maxwell is going to serve 20 years for sex trafficking but you you don't sex traffic to no one um where is the where is the allegations where is the charges for those that uh were being flown into this epstein island that were close uh, acquaintances with Maxwell and Epstein. Um, If you're going to give 20 years to the seller, for lack of a better term, um, of the sex trafficker, then where where are the charges for all of those that, I don't want to say benefited, that sounds awful, but where are those... Where are the charges for those that uh, that benefited from this sex trafficking that was actively having sex with these, uh, not having sex, actively raping these teenage girls, these underage girls, these kids? Where are the charges for, for those people? Um, I was just reminded of somebody else in jail, which is kind of bullshit, but it's... Is the Celebrities in Jail podcast? Kind of. Uh, is it Griner? It is. Brittany Griner? It 100% is. So for those that don't know, kind of, if you know, tell the backstory of kind of what that, what that entails, what that's all about. So Brittany Griner is a star with the uh, WNBA. Um, she got detained in Russia um, as she was trying to board a plane because she was trying to get back home. She had a, she had a weed pen, right? Uh, she had vape cartridges. Right, right. And right. apparently they contained hashish oil. And that was found in her luggage. Um, so she I'm trying to find exactly how long she was in jail. It, it became a big thing for a short while and then, uh, just kind of dropped off and recently came back into the news. Well, I think the reason that it was so big at the time that she got arrested is it was right around the start of the Russia Ukraine conflict was right, right around the time that she got arrested. And while while that was a huge story, obviously anything that had to do with Russia was a huge story. Um 
that and she's she's an athlete and um it became big not only in the news world with you know politics and the conflict going on uh, with Russia and Ukraine, but also it became like a big sports um, story as well. ESPN covering it with LeBron James getting on social media and saying that this is, you know, this is an injustice. Uh, she should not be detained. We should be, our federal government should be working harder to, to get this person back. And then of course, just like, you know, what we we're talking about with R. Kelly and, and Ghislaine Maxwell became, um, it became like a, a race thing too. You know, if it, if it was a popular white athlete, wouldn't they have gotten this athlete back from Russia much quicker, much sooner? Wouldn't there have been more action? Um, so yeah, there was a lot of factors that went into it. The made thing it a big is, story at the time. And, and I hate to sound like that person, but just from an abstract point of view, um, in the case of R. Kelly, and then in the case of Griner, it's just people trying to make it a race thing when it just it isn't. Oh no, it's 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 not. Um Griner uh th- this happened around the the Russia Ukraine and people speculated it was either because she was American um that she was black or um that they wanted to use that as a way to influence. Yeah. They uh, basically wanted to use this American celebrity as leverage. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, there have been several instances where people of pasty complexion um, <laughs> have been detained <laughs> for, for trying to take a poster Oh, in Russia? Uh North Korea, but Wow, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. 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 Like like there are several other instances of people being detained. Um that for for something even less uh serious of an offense than than vape cartridges. Yeah, yeah. With that being said, still illegal. Um shoot. It was transporting drugs when, obviously, that's a huge no-no. Yeah. Plain and simple. Uh, I think Russia's treatment of it was obviously overblown. Just because, you know, if anything, it is because she's an American. Is it, this is a, a slightly off topic, but since we've turned this into a celebrities that are in jail or were in jail podcast, um, is it interesting <laughs> to you? How do you feel about the fact that Bill Cosby is not spending the rest of his days in prison and that he is free uh, based solely on this weird court loophole that uh, apparently no one truly understands? It's bullshit. Isn't it bonkers? It's bullshit. The The fact that our, our justice uh, system and legal system sits there, detains these people for years, goes through this entire process spending millions of dollars to uh, lock these people up just to let them go because of an overcrowded prison system. 
Well, there's or, that too. Or because, well, they're not really a threat or a danger because they're this old is bullshit because that completely negates the idea of the justice system. It completely negates the idea of uh, sentencing, uh, throwing them away. Like, hey, I can do it. I just have to be old enough. Yeah. Or there's or these weird legal loopholes. I, I have read, and I don't know how accurate these stats are, but I have read that if... If uh, everything that has been thrown at Bill Cosby as as far as charges, as far as allegations go, the number of victims that have alleged, um, he is the most prolific serial raper, rapist, sorry, raper, uh, the most prolific serial rapist in the history of recorded mankind. Yeah. Um, And because of a legal loophole, in a justice system that we will talk about more when it comes to Roe v. Wade a little bit later in a future episode. Um, in a legal loophole in a justice system that is already, in my opinion, uh, very corrupt and very subjective in the first place, um, he's able to just walk walk free. I do I do want to point out <laughs> that I thought that the uh the reference to Bill Cosby in um one of the mo- most recent episodes of The Boys was God pretty damn it. great. I was I was waiting to bring that up because <laughs> I wanted to bring that up. Go ahead. Oh, it's so good. Um for those of you that don't know um or have been following along with The Boys, uh there was a reference made with uh Bill Cosby where um so Soldier Boy is much like Captain America where he's been frozen or he's basically a superhero he, from like the been, World he's War been II isolated era. isolated from the world. Right. And so he doesn't under he doesn't understand current events, he doesn't understand news from many many decades. Um and so he makes this reference to Bill Cosby and uh go ahead. Yeah, he makes this reference to Bill Cosby and I think he said uh he's America's he's grandpa. Amer- he's America's dad. Yeah. Which is what they called him when the Cosby show was on the air. He was America's dad. That him and uh uh fuck the dude from Full House. Bob Saget. Bob no. Saget, yeah. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. America's dads. Back when like, you know, family sitcoms were all the rage. And um I love the fact that he like like it it was a string of stuff that, that Soldier Boy was completely naive to and Hugh <laughs> and Hugh just sat there like, Yeah, uh, uh Doesn't the scene start with like what happened to the and it was like a very uh it was a very um Wasn't offensive it? name for like a sauce or a restaurant or something um like an asian like basically like oriental or something like that and, and he basically says like what happened to this and he was like or why is the, why did they get away get rid of that and who he, Huey's like deadpan just like for many good reasons yeah <laughs> i binged the shit out of that show and you're uh, welcome Oh my god! Cannot wait! Cannot wait for episode eight. You don't watch Stranger Things, do you? No. So okay, okay. So I did want to talk about that. So I haven't watched Stranger Things because to me it was on the same level of Game of Thrones. There was I was coming into it late. There were so many people talking about it, and I just the more that people talked about it, and the more of a big deal it became with everyone. Like and everything just being saturated with it. Mm-hmm. I just, I couldn't care less for whatever reason. 
when season four hit, I was like, I need to see Bro, this show. Episode four or episode four, season four or volume four, they call it. Um, I'm my and, God. So the th- so one of my big gripes about it is. I'm not a fan of like the eighties aesthetic or setting mm-hmm. or anything like that. It just it doesn't appeal to me. Like I, I think I don't know. It's it's I mean, I I like it. I it's really good. I really good. Um because I think like there are some shows that will do the the retro aesthetic, but it's really other than like the aesthetic of the show, there's really it it could be a show in the 2000s. It could be a show in the 2010s, 20s. Um, it doesn't matter. It's just like, hey, we decided for nostalgia purposes that we're going to put it in this decade. But it really has nothing to do with the plot line of the show. Like th- that 70s show, I don't really feel like you could do the same style of show in any decade. And like, well, you can't. They tried. It didn't work. Well, that 80s show is a flop because of the writing. But the seven that 70s show, I feel like you could do the same concept of show in any decade right it's just it's a it's a group of of friends like friends or like how i met your mother yeah but this is i feel like stranger things is more than just hey it's a show that takes place in the 80s there is a lot of references not references there is a lot of homage paid to those kind of movies kind of like the goonies or um, oh yeah they play a lot of like homage to the the shows that were popular in the 80s or the movies um you know science fiction or horror movies that came out in in the 80s so um don't let the 80s aesthetic uh deter you because it is a it is a fantastic show there is a scene where this is before volume two this is in volume one so the first like six episodes or whatever um where one of the main characters looks as if she is about to perish. Um, and they play this song running up that hill, uh, plan with God, uh, or deal with God, uh, by Kate Bush. And this character is like running through the upside down. Uh, and it, she like survives through the power of friendship. And, uh, it is like just the music, um, see, I know that's the slow the motion. Everything about it is just like that particular scene. Um, you didn't watch Game of Thrones either, did you? No. So there is, there's just some scenes where everything is just so heavy that like the episode ends and you're like, especially if you're binging, you're you like, you have to sit back and go, Fuck. like I oh. need a minute to process. So sure. Game of Thrones, the scene for me was when you find out why uh, Hodor is called Hodor. Um, yep, I know that. And you're like, fuck. Like, I need a minute to process everything I just saw. And that's how it felt. The scene with uh, everyone who, who's seen the show knows what I'm talking about. But the scene with Max, where um, they find out, they hold discover. On, on. What what scene? Or uh, uh, what season? This is season four, don't, episode something. It, it, I'm not giving anything away, really. Okay. But there is a scene where the main villain tries to take her. Vecna. Vecna tries to take her. And they discover that if you play, uh, he, he, he preys on bad memories. So like the darkest memories of someone's past, he preys on those memories. Uh, and they determined, they discovered that if you play music 
or some sort of trigger, some sort of good memory um, that you can kind of break that curse. Uh, she's still, you know, marked or whatever you want to call it, but it breaks that curse. He couldn't take her. So they put headphones on her ears and it plays Kate Bush, which is her favorite song. Right. So as that starts playing, it kind of opens a portal between the upside down and the real world. And you can see her friends like begging for her to like, um, you know, stay strong to, to come back to them. And it is just, it is emotional. I, and I it did is fucking heavy. And like, I'm binging and I had to pause it with Amy and just be like, I need a minute. I did see that, that scene was... where she ran. Uh, great scene. Yeah. Um, full disclosure. I'm very happy that song is, is got brought back into the mainstream. Because it's an absolute fucking banger. It is. And I'm glad Kate Bush is about to get paid. But I didn't know that was a Kate Bush song originally. Here's a funny story. Uh, I get Kate Bush and Kate Nash mixed up sometimes. Huh. Yeah. Kate Nash is a, a British singer and actress who was... Did you ever watch... Um, oh, not Stardom. It was a show about female wrestling in the 80s. Uh, oh, uh, Glow. Glow, yep. Did you ever watch Glow? Uh, bits and pieces. She's like the librarian with the red hair. Yeah, and yeah. She's British. Yeah. That's Kate Nash. Okay. And so I was getting Kate Nash and Kate Bush uh, confused. So when the song came out and they're like, this is by Kate Bush, I was like, fuck yeah, Kate Nash. Let's go. Everyone should know Kate Nash. Bush. Bush. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, so I originally thought it was a song by a band called Placebo. Oh, because they covered that song, didn't they? They covered yeah, that yeah, song, yeah. and it was used in the trailer for a movie called, uh, Night, uh, Nightwalkers? Or, no, uh, Daybreak. Daybreakers. Dude, it is a fantastic song. It is a fantastic song. And it has been in my head constantly. Yeah. For months. Uh, so real quick, um, this is going to be kind of all over the place because I have a few things I want to touch on before I forget. Um, I played the, uh, the little crossover, the event they had with Far Cry 6. Okay. And Stranger Things. Pretty cool. It kind of made me want to watch the show a bit more. What was that about? I never even heard about it. Um, so you basically come across a Russian bunker. Yeah, you do. And, um, you lose your dog. Little chorizo. It's a little, uh, little wiener dog with a wheelchair. And the dog's name is Chorizo. Chorizo. <laughs> um, and your whole deal is, well, I gotta get out of here. I gotta find my dog first. See, so it's a, it's very short. What the dog doing? It's very, sh- it, it's very short, but it's a cool like crossover thing where um, you come across like like these mind controlled people. Mm-hmm. Um, the mind flayer is out in the background. Um, you have to run from Demi Gorgons. Is Far Cry Six the one where Giancarlo Esposito is the villain? Yep. Fuck. Um. So you also come across one of the subjects. Subject, subject six, I think. I don't pay for video games individually anymore. I just play what happens to be on Game Pass, and I saw that Far Cry Five is on Game Pass now. Um, and I was excited to play it because I thought it was the one that had Giancarlo Esposito in it, who is so, a scene stealer. So, I mean, he is fantastic. The thing is, Far Cry 5, 
I actually really enjoyed. I need to I need to play it. I think it's fantastic. I, I will be glad to play that with you. Is it a first person? Shooter? It is. Fuck me. It, it's open world first person. Um, it's co op though. Sick. And I also need to play with people so I can get the last few achievements because it's all co op achievements I need. Nice. Um, but cool thing about Far Cry Five is um. When that came out, it was very uh, controversial compared to the other ones because it dealt a lot with um, cults, religious views, and uh, extremism. Mm. And the pl- the fact that it actually took place on... Epstein's Island? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, on U.S. soil. Ah. Which is the first time Far Cry's done that. Um, but they... Also, um, they also did a short film, about 20 minutes or so, called uh, Eden's Gate, hmm. that uh, essentially is a prequel to like events leading up to uh, the start of Far Cry 5. Oh. Um, it's actually got a couple known actors. Um, the person that plays the main antagonist in far cry 5 uh is actually his character nice. which is really cool um but the thing that that really got me was you can actually see a moment in uh in the game or come across uh a protagonist that was in that short film and it's just like well you find out what happens to him it's not great, but um, I think I think you'd really enjoy it. Who's your favorite video game villain all time? Does it have to be an individual, an organization? Nah, whatever you want. There's no rules to live by here. What do you think I am, an attorney in Des Moines? <laughs> <laughs> um, that's hard. I know you're wanting me to say Voss from Far Cry Three. That's a lot. No, of I'm not. No, I don't know. I don't know anything about Voss. Voss is uh, played by Michael Mundo, who, Ooh. who, God damn, he sold it too, and he he did a lot of live action stuff as Voss as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Voss was a great, great villain. Um, then you got. Let's fucking go. Let's fucking go. That's so good. for those that don't know why, <laughs> my man just fucking paused in the middle of a sentence and lost all train of thought. Um, tell the folks at home a little bit about the memory card that was found and why what was just brought to you is so special. Yes. Uh, so it's been a recurring thing between me and Austin specifically for, uh, since middle school uh-huh. where we played a PS2 game called EJ Club World. Mm-hmm. What it is, is essentially this really toned down music producing game. Yeah. So if you, if you do produce music or you know someone that does, you might've heard of like FL studio or fruity loops. And basically you take samples or loops and you put them together and you can make like a beat. And so like one of the clubs in this EJ Club World game is like, it's like house music or EDM or whatever. Well, around the time that we found this game, 
uh, and started making our own mixes, I had started making um, aggressive and violent hip hop music. Um, and the first beats that I ever rapped to were made in the hip hop club of this EJ club world. So, um, see, I actually went with the the techno. Yeah, I did a lot of that, techno. That but. that was my favorite. It, it just had better sounds. Yeah. So, basically, what happened and and how I got started making music, um, gosh, when I was thirteen, two thousand two, yeah, thirteen. Uh, so in middle school, was we used one of those like long stick microphones that you get at Walmart for like a webcam, um from way back in the day uh shitty quality awful quality and we would put it up next to like an inch or two inches away from the speaker in the front of a big box tv uh this is back before flat screens kids and we would let it play and we would record from the stick microphone to a tv speaker into my grandparents desktop computer (laughs) then (laughs) Uh, we would take that same stick microphone. I would sit at the computer desk and I would wrap my lyrics over this very low quality shitty beat. Now, herein lies the problem. You have to record the 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 TV. You can't stick a memory card into a computer. So that's the only way to record it. I lived in a house with two grandparents and two siblings. And so I would have to get them to shut up. Uh, in order to record both the music and the lyrics. Um, So a lot of times my early music that was recorded in like 2002 would have like bacon sizzling in the background or like wheel of fortune in the background or good old Pat Sajak. Yeah. Or like my, (laughs) my grandfather, like disciplining one of his grandchildren (laughs) in the background. Uh, so that was the early musical styling. Yo, that beat is fire. Oh, no, it's just my granddad beating his ass. <laughs> he never hit us. <laughs> he never hit us. It was just very... Um, my grandfather was the kind of person uh, that was scarier because he did when he didn't raise his voice. He did raise his voice every once in a while. He was scarier when he didn't. You know how like Hulk Hogan gets your attention because he's screaming at you to take your vitamins and say your prayers? Uh, my grandfather got your attention like Jake Roberts, where like Jake the Snake Roberts, where he did when he didn't raise his voice, you kind of had to like lean in, right? And like listen to him a little bit harder. And that's scarier. I remember one time I got a speeding ticket going 96 and a 55. My um driver's license was taken away from me immediately. And I came home and I handed my grandfather the ticket, and he just in a very quiet voice just said go to your room i will talk to you when i'm ready and that amount of time between him saying that and him actually coming to talk to me was the most terrifying like 20 minutes of silence in my entire adult life um but yeah so that's that's basically how very early like the first two or three years of my music began I got a lot of practice making beats and writing lyrics to songs created on EJ Club World. And we got our friends involved too. Like I remember Matt Freeze, Jack Stamper, Tim Green, they all made beats as well. Um, And by the time that I 
like by the time I started actually performing, like my first concert was one that I promoted myself and created myself with a DJ out of Atlantic, Iowa, um, in Greenfield. It's called Wymot, Young Musicians of the Midwest, so Wymot Midwest Music Festival. And it was like three rappers, two rock bands from like Southwest Iowa. And you talked about that before when we were doing our individual podcast yeah. too, where like you load up a trailer one night. Oh, and- it was fantastic. <laughs> so uh, by the time that like that came around, all of those songs had been lost. Um, you know, there wasn't like, I didn't really have thumb drives or like a Google drive you know, like online, like a cloud computing um, to be able to save all that stuff. So it all was on like, it was all on like CDs or like MySpace. And um, a lot of times, like some of those old social media networks, I know I, I used like MSN Messenger and I would just like, aim yeah i would just let people know like (laughs) hey this is my fucking music like share it and that was the cool thing about myspace is that i feel like you can't you can't i feel like now you can't discover a new band on like facebook like you're gonna like if you like you can it's very hard compared to myspace let's say um you like theory of a dead man right so because you like Theory of a Dead Man, you're going to go to Theory of a Dead Man's Facebook page or you're going to go to their Instagram or you're going to go to their Twitter and you're going to follow them because you already like them. Yep. Right? It's very difficult to find a new band on like a Facebook. The cool thing about MySpace is they had, it was mostly for musicians. It was great for musicians. And you could type in like your zip code and you could be like, hey, he, I'd like to see other small t- small town bands, other small town rappers within an hour of my location. Well, I live in Greenfield, Iowa. So an hour from my location, the largest city I'm going to hit is Des Moines. And yep. so I'm finding Maxilla Blue. I'm finding Eon Gray. I'm finding DJ Touch Nice. I'm finding uh, the rappers that I worked with in, in like the Atlantic area. I'm finding Maddie B. I'm finding uh, the Unified Soldiers. I'm finding uh, Kimi Man. I'm finding uh, Travis Murphy. I'm finding all of these guys. And like, we all came together to do this music festival in Greenfield because there were no opportunities for uh, small town, rural rappers. No one took us seriously. No one was like, oh, you you make music and you're like a little farm boy in a town of 1,800 people. Des Moines didn't want me. Omaha didn't want me. And we're like, fuck it. We're going to create our own concert. And, um, and, and we all met each other through myspace and that little tool that's like i want to know other musicians that are like close to my my geographical location because i want to network with them as far as like actual social networking for musicians myspace is above and beyond any other platform i've ever used as far as uh that and i wish like my, I, I wish myspace was still a thing because like as a podcaster now it would be awesome to just type in like my zip code in Pella, Iowa and be like, who are the other uh, content creators, the other podcasters that are making podcasts within like an hour of here, be able to like shoot them a text or an instant message and be like, let's fucking collaborate. Like we just did that. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. Or maybe you guys have already heard it uh, by the time this comes out, but there's a couple podcasts that are hosted by people that we know. It would be awesome to just be like, Hey, who are the podcasters in Des Moines? Um, what's an easy way to find them? And let's get on each other's shows because that's how we that's how we all grow. Um, I don't want to necessarily create like a podcast network per se because um, that seems like 
I don't know. It just seems like too many titles. A lot. But I would love to like, I would love to network with a group of podcasters and be like, let's fucking all be successful. Yeah, let's grow together. Let's, yeah, let's, let's get, spread together. Let's get the host of Post Game Lobby on our show. Let's go on their show. Let's get Phoenix here. Let's go on hers and tell our Reddit stories on on Phoenix Reads Reddit. Um, let's, yeah, let's all get together and all be successful and right. all grow. Because like, I think I've said it like a million times before. Um, there is room enough for all of us in in literally everything I've ever done. There's there's more than enough room for as as many hip hop artists as physically possible. There is enough room for every uh, independent professional wrestler to be successful, and especially in podcast, it's so it's so segmented. Like people that listen to our show listen because they know us, or they they love movies, or they love video games, or they love pro wrestling, or they love whatever we talk about. They're gonna find us because we talk about those things, and and um because the hashtags that we use on our social media or whatever the fuck but like there's so many niche podcasts that like every single person that takes the time to record audio or create a podcast like we can all be successful and we can all have our own listeners and then just mixing and, and matching and partnering and and bringing together those listener bases like I would love if every single person that listens to our podcast also starts listening to every episode of Post Game Lobby. Um, if everyone that listens to our podcast uh, starts listening to Phoenix Reads Reddit and vice versa, and all of a sudden, like every single one of us has 150 downloads a week, and it's all because we just help each other out. Like that would be super cool to me. But uh, so that was my little rant. But uh, yeah, that that went off on a tangent. Man. Yeah. But anyway, it's all about EJ right now. Yeah, but anyway, so this video game started everything. Um, I feel like when you go back and you talk about like the the foundations of our friendship, it's very much Resident Evil. It's mm-hmm. very much professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. And it's very much EJ goddamn Club World. So EJ Club World is very special to me because this is something that I kept uh for whatever reason, I just really loved. I, I loved uh, editing and, and coming out with something mm-hmm. I could just chill to and just. I was, it was something that I was super proud of for something that. I mean, if we're being honest, back in the day, it was not great. Like, it it was not a place that you could create something good because you didn't have the correct tools or you didn't have the yeah. correct means to. But somehow it worked, and so, literally. Every few years, I would get a hold of Austin and be like, yo, you know what was awesome? EJ Club World. Yep. And every year, like like every time I'd bring it up, I'd be like, EJ Club World. I got to find the memory card. We should really check that out and just, you know what? Fuck it. Let's hang together and, and spend a whole day just fucking around on mm-hmm. it, you know? So, with that being said, um, as we had my son who's coincidentally named Phoenix as well. Yeah. Um, Dude, I don't... Okay, this is another rant. I think it's hilarious that now one of our, like, podcast friends is named Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Spelled differently. Spelled differently, but still Phoenix. Yep. I think it's funny that your son, who you had no hand in naming him, just yep. happens to be Phoenix. Yep. And the company that you fucking work for is Phoenix Security. Like yep. it's all like that. It's all coming just together. Randomly became like a very important 
word for you. Yes. So um, while we had him visit, uh, we were moving things around, came across a bunch of um, old stuff. And I kind of want to, like, he, he's a, a gamer. Yeah. Um, and, but I kind of wanted to have his own um, gaming setup. It's not great. It's nothing special. It's just we're gonna start him out on the old stuff and yeah. then it'll work his way up. He plays Minecraft. He plays uh, Fortnite from time to time. But it's like you know what? I have the mini Super Nintendo. I have the mini PlayStation. Mm-hmm. I have a, a, a PS One in his room, mm-hmm. and and it's it's not all set up, but it's there. So like kind of like a display, but also like hey, maybe you know. You know, you can try them out sometime. And then we have a PS2 setup. Mm-hmm. So we ended up finding a memory card. I ended up looking at it as I was setting things up for him. And I found the memory card with all my mixes. All all of the EJ mixes? Yeah. Fuck yeah. So it's like, I don't know, three, four, maybe five mixes altogether. But the one I'm excited for, the one that I remember was this techno mix that I was super fucking proud of. So I can't wait to, like, once we're done with this, I can't wait to bring that up to you. Yeah, fucking uh, watch out. Yeah. Local DJs. We're going to have to find a way to try to capture it and, and like, upload it. That yeah. way that way we can kind of put it out as, like, a funny haha. What's the DJ that, uh, what's the DJ that, um, like... What's her, uh, what's the DJ that, uh, Molly, get down. Molly? Yeah, watch out, Molly. Oh, God, really I love awesome Molly. Is if we found a way to record, like, a high-quality version of it, and then... Have a have like, an actual DJ. Like, oh, and then Get it? Down puts, like, her, her spin yes, on it. Oh, dude. my God, it'd be so good. So, um, Molly, get down. Uh, Alan Castro. Uh, Tito. Uh, Tito Jackson? Michael Jackson's brother? No. <laughs> um, and um, Nikki Rage as well. Uh, those are all DJs that I've um, been acquainted with over the over the past couple of years. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, no, I I can't wait to dive back into that and check that out. Yeah. So I I I, I said that EJ Club World was not used in any of the actual music that I like released or, or that was used in any of the uh, early performances. But basically what I did was I found, I went online and I Googled like what are programs that are similar in function um, to EJ club world. And my mom for Christmas one year bought me this like music program that we loaded onto my grandparents computer. And it was basically just like a, like a, it was a, a samples. It was just looping samples and you would make like beats out of it. And so like, um, uh, the song recognize the song, you know, this, the song, like get Juco, uh, all of these like early, uh, con X songs, um, that were released in like 2007. All of those beats were made, uh, like on a, on a program that was very, very similar to EJ club world. So like, that's really what started it all. I mean, like, 
my brother would get on this game. He would create things. He was very musically minded. He played piano as well. And so we would take like samples from EJ club world. He would put in like some very simple stuff on like the, the very out of tune piano that we had sitting next to like our PlayStation two. And uh, we would record that with a stick mic as well. So I guess like, if, if you want to create something and you don't have, I got, that's the moral of the story for me anyways. Like, uh, you know, I don't have, I don't have the money to go out and buy like the professional microphones or the zoom recorder that you have. Uh, I hear a lot of people say that like, Oh, I don't know. I don't have the overhead to get started. Cool. Use your phone. Like at the end of the day, if like, you want to create something, create you will it. find a way to do it. I, and I think a lot of the people that talk to me, like I want to create a podcast, but like, you know, um, I don't want to, I, I want it to sound good. And, and that's great. And I, I spent a lot of time putting in effort to, you know, get rid of ambient noise or get rid of every time like an air conditioner kicks in. And I put a lot of edits on that and I put like music and whatever. At the end of the day, man, like uh, if your content is solid and if it's content that is interesting and that people want to listen to, like they're going to listen. It doesn't matter how well it's produced. It doesn't matter if it has like background music in the intro. It doesn't matter if you have a fucking ice cream truck intro or intro song. You know, like people are going to listen to your content if you put content out there. It's 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 very much the uh if you build it, they will come sort of mentality. That's like just do it. And I know that there are people listening right now, Dakota, that like they've heard me say this a thousand times. But like, there's people that are like, I want to, I want to create a podcast, but like, it's just going to be about baseball. You know how many fucking people love baseball? Like, I want to create a, I want to create a, a podcast, but like, all I watch is like science fiction shows and movies. You know how many fucking people love sci-fi? Or I want to record, I want to do a podcast, but it's just like putting a microphone in the middle of our D and D uh board and we're recording that and it's just people you know being their character for an hour fucking great you know how many people love D? like there's so many niche markets that like just start and if i know you or even if i don't know you and you reach out to me or, or trevor or david we will promote the shit out of your podcast because like i said there is enough room uh, for all of us, there, there's enough, there's enough listeners to go around. Um, uh, I just, I want more people to create more content and just, uh, man, just share their passions with the world. That's, that's, that's why I created a podcast was like, Hey, here's these things I love. Maybe you'll love it too. Yeah. And the thing is, is, uh, just the world needs more creators, content creators of, of any kind. The world needs more fucking escapes from reality yeah. more distractions we're so, providing I mean, a distraction if i were to give any advice is like don't go into something full bore expecting greatness from mm, your first yeah. time don't expect your first episode to be good don't expect your quality to be good don't expect yourself to not stumble like anything like that we do it literally all the time and i'm not saying we're professional we're great or anything like that you have to learn to take your lumps roll with it and grow because Man, of that 
for me, that's the best thing. Like, obviously, we've only been doing that. This is the, the 14th episode. Um, but I'll go back and listen to like I had this. I don't remember if you remember, but I had this huge mixer. It was like a, a fucking yep. fat ass 24 channel mixer with like four microphones. I did not need all that. This works so much better. Um, it, it sits in the palm of my hand. It's battery powered if I need it to be. It's portable. I can go anywhere with it. But I had this big fucking fat ass DJ mixer um, that I bought when I was like 18. And I was carrying around that fucking thing. Um, and I had these condenser microphones because I thought that that was like the best thing ever. And it was the best quality. And like the quality was okay. But I go back and I listen now and I'm like, fuck, that was, that was shit. And like the best thing about going back and listening to old podcasts is you get to see like, hey, this is how much better we've gotten. The conversations have gotten better. The quality's gotten better. But had I not just decided to start one day like we wouldn't be where we're at right now and not to say like again like i'm not fucking joe rogan i'm not tom segura um i'm not burt kreischer though i would fucking love to be um, <laughs> who wouldn't but we just started and like it's crazy that every sunday 50 people fire up their laptop or their their uh their cell phone or any device their fucking bluetooth speaker or whatever and like Shit, they even listen, their Xboxes. Oh, yeah. And like they fucking listen to what we have to say. It is bananas foster that like I get on here and I fucking rant and then other people listen and they're like, yeah, that was that was a that was a great way to spend an hour. Like it's so it's wild to me. And when you get to that point where like people are listening to what you have to say, um, it's it's really really cool and then you'll get to a point if you're lucky where someone will threaten legal action against you um and that gets to be really fun too uh because then you get to show how much uh, of an asshole you are to the world and and boy or how petty or oh my god and and the fact that you understand that the internet is the internet and they don't get that to the internet Uh, have a look (laughs) but um yeah, so uh, someday, someday, we will figure out a way to, PlayStation 2s weren't inter- internet enabled, were they? There's no way to like. Yes, they, w- they were, but it was very late in the generation. Remember when I talked to you about Resident Evil Outbreak? Uh-huh, that, that was an online enabled game. It, it was ahead <sighs> my, of its time, it's just is, the systems didn't work for it. Is there any way... To be able to rip, the, there are the capture fu- cards. Yes, <sighs> there's. I know what I know what you're getting at. There, there, there's capture yeah. um, equipment that uh, that will allow you to do that. It would be awesome to just like as a cherry on top, for example, like just release mixes. Yeah, um, yeah. So I I plan on looking into that a bit more. That'd be and, awesome. And finding that out, I know it's not the cheapest. Well, no, yeah. Some some somehow we will figure out a way to get the, what's on these memory cards from more than a decade ago. And to give a bit more context on that, which is really funny because I decided to look it up on YouTube. There's hardly anybody that uploaded EJ Club World stuff. And and in awesome. in the time of like the internet where you can find the most random just oh yeah old old games even past PS2 back to like old Nintendo and stuff like that, you can find a ton of stuff. For whatever reason, EJ Club World is not one of those things. Yeah. And that honestly kind of surprises me because mm-hmm. that's something that would have just 
dominated for a it while. It was a game that just went, it, just, it flew so far under the radar. Um, but like, as as far as like playing a game and having it influence other areas of, of my life personally, like maybe the most impactful game I've ever played in my life. Uh, it led to, I mean, it led to what I became known for in college. It, it opened up doors to meet like a ton of other creators. Um, it, it opened the door to, for me to, uh, open for tech nine in his home city of Kansas city. Like all of these crazy adventures that I went on when I got into my like late teens, early twenties is all because of this fucking video game that I found when I was 13. So, uh, thank you. Thank you. EJ club world. Anything else before we wrap up this hour of fun? This celebrities in jail turns into PlayStation two reminiscing podcast. No, I can't really think of anything. Yeah. Any, uh, any final words of, we never talked about, uh, who your favorite video game villain was. (laughs) That's true. We got way off topic because someone walked in and yeah, that just derailed everything. Someone, Someone made it rain Dude. Christmas in July. That's so hard just because. You know what's. Oh, Jesus Christ. My bad. Another technical difficulty. Yeah, I mean, that's just. That's just so hard considering, like, even how much I've played. Even some of the best video games that I've played, like. um, Okay, so, like, I recently played Hellblade, right? Yep. But there's not like a great villain in that game. It's all like psychosis, uh, right? Yeah, it's your own mind. Yeah. So, um, or like, so like Uncharted. I didn't feel like there's like a like a really good like central villain in that game that's like really stands out as like one of the greatest of all time. Honestly, I think the one that stands out more than any of the others is um, Uncharted 2's uh, villain. Yeah. Um, the Lazarevich, the big Russian, bald Russian guy. He's yeah, Russian, right? Yeah, okay. he he's the one that the uh, took the fruit and, yeah, and the, healed up and got like. Is that the one where you have to powers? like uh, you fight him in like a cave system? Yeah, kind of thing. But, like shoot. there's a giant tree in the middle. Yeah, you, you have to fish, shoot the things. Yeah. You have to shoot the blue things and it explodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Joker from the Arkham series. Oh man, yeah. Um. Sephiroth, obviously. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. That's that's a good one. Ocelot. Revolver Ocelot uh, is the baddest motherfucker in video oh, games. That reminds me. So, uh, a random thought that just came to mind not that long ago, uh, probably within the last few days, is um, I was listening to, uh, to stuff about Metal Gear and how that could, like, what's possible with that is konami going to bring that back mm. are they not like it, it's it's this whole thing and i'd love to get into it, like in depth into like metal gear itself uh at some point but just i knew like that the, the lore of yeah, metal gear uh, yeah. the lore or, or just even even not like necessarily within the game itself but like stuff between kojima mm. and mm-hmm. uh and konami. konami and the movie that's coming out Mm-hmm. you know stuff like that um but no the, a random thought came back to me and i just i forgot it i knew it before but i forgot it did you know and i don't think you knew this did you know that 
Revolver Ocelot's mom is the boss from Metal Gear Solid 3? Um, no. No? Okay, do you remember Metal Gear Solid 3? See, that's the thing. I don't I don't know if I do. I remember very vividly, obviously, Here. Metal Gear Solid 1, I'm the original. Pull, and then Metal Gear Solid 2 is the one that's first person on a boat. Um, And then I remember 4 and 5, but for some reason, I don't remember 3 at all. NGS 3 was probably one of the best. Really? Han- oh, hands down. Uh, the mechanics they had, they had... um. You had to treat your own wounds. Oh. You um, had to manually uh, select camo, and it increased your stealth. Ah, uh, okay. Yes, I do remember three. I do remember three. The boss. That's Ocelot's mother? They never directly said it in the game. However, do you remember her talking about a pregnancy? Vaguely. And how they had to cut her, cut it out of her oh, because yeah. she had she gave birth on the battlefield. Yeah, that was Ocelot. Oh, interesting, right? Yeah, we're gonna have to like deep dive into Metal Gear Solid. I think I've realized, like, have you ever like so like wrestling, right? So like pro wrestling for me. Mm-hmm. You ever went back and and tried to think of like the origins of why you like what you like? I feel like I'm very into like cyberpunk the whole genre and i'm like where the fuck did my love for cyberpunk come from it's metal gear i feel like that's that is my origin story that's fair it's like that's that's Um, it yeah i've done that before it's just it's really hard to nail down especially Mm -hmm. something um, that you fell in love with so young yeah exactly and because i've had more time to go down different avenues of that thing it it becomes increasingly muddled and and just fuzzier so mm-hmm. you, um yeah my my pro wrestling origin story is uh one of my like some of the t- first two toys that i was ever given myself like for birthdays that i can remember um was a little macho man randy savage and a little uh million dollar man ted dibiase little action figures and then i had um I had like really bad bronchitis when I was four, I think. And I had to stay in a Derrick County Memorial Hospital in Greenfield for like a week in an oxygen tent. You mm. know what an oxygen tent is? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, and my uncle, Shane, brought VHS tapes um, to watch. And it was all like pro wrestling. So... Like when I was like four, I fell in love with pro wrestling is because of those two things is what I've narrowed down. And obviously like wrestling was in my household, but those are the, those are the, the reasons that I, I fell in love with it. So. so one of the reasons why I got into gaming so, so much, and, and I know this, and this is a story that will never die is my dad was a bit of a nerd back in the day. A bit in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Still, he isn't, he isn't still. So I, the day I got brought home from the hospital after I was born, he put a Nintendo controller in my hands, mm-hmm. like, like while I'm in the car seat, and that's what did it. Yeah. Obviously, you know, I'm, I'm a yeah. baby, so it could have gone any number of ways, but like, I like to think of that as like the start. Just 
learned the love of video games Which, through osmosis. As my wonderful and beautiful wife is sitting behind me, um, I plan on doing the same thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know, but I'm actually going to dig out one of our old original Nintendo controllers just so we can take a picture for my dad. Yeah. Like, that would be amazing. <laughs>